0: have a great day today i just feel like the lord's got a word for you today it's going to challenge maybe just the path that you're on and the the things that he's leading you to do and some of that's scary man when you begin to follow the lord it can get scary sometimes we're going to talk a little bit about that today and uh and i've got this message lord dropped in my heart a while back called path over plan uh it's 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 path over plans now, I know a lot of you uh, have already graduated high school, but then there's a good number in here that hadn't and that's fine. Me a long time ago, so don't worry. But every graduation, right? everybody gets that card, if it's a Christian family that's given that card that's going to have what scripture on it. Can you guess? What? I think I hear it What? Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29 /11. Yes. Come on, Jeremiah 29, 11, 4. I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Man, we quote that thing. We, we share that thing. At every, we post and tweet that. And we talk about it all the time. And here's what I think happens quite often. When we read that scripture, I think subconsciously. I don't even think we realize we're doing it. But I think this is what the Lord was showing me is that when we read that scripture, we like to read it this way in our head. I know what words come out of our mouth, but I think this is what we read, is that, for I know the plans that I have for me, (laughs) declares me. (laughs) And God's going to back them up, and He's not going to harm me, and He's going to give me hope and a future and a lot of abundance and prosperity. (laughs) In our head, I think that's what we really hear. We don't realize it, but I believe that's really what we hear because what happens when the plans that we have for our life don't go the way that we thought they should go? Well, we tend to turn around and blame God, don't we? I don't know why you did this to me. Man, I had, I had everything figured out. I was going to go to this school. I was going to go to this college. I was going to get this degree. I was going to live this life. I was going to do this, this, and this, and you blew it all up. Where were you at in that anyway? And that's where we end up getting frustrated and getting mad at God. And it causes us to doubt our faith at times because we have this plan for our life. Not that it was wrong, not that it was sinful, but it wasn't God's plan. It, it, we didn't really consult with him, did we? We see something cool. We see somebody who's driving the kind of car we want to drive and we go, okay, what do they do? That was me. I'll be honest with you what do they do? Like, what, you know, what, how do I live in a house like that? How do I get to do and travel like they do? And we try and formulate this plan around it. Again, nothing wrong with the stuff. The problem where things go wrong is when we try and outplan God, when we try and do things the way that we want to do them. That's when the, we come off the rail, so to speak, is because we think we know better for our life than the sovereign one, than the omnipotent one, than the one who knows the end from the beginning, the one who spoke all of this into existence, the one who, we're, I mean, we're a figment of God's imagination. Have you ever thought about that? Look at the creativity in the room. Like God spoke all of this into existence and then he formed us out of the dust of the earth. Like he created us and formed us. He gave some of us a little more form than others. I get it. But he formed us, and he, like, made us, and then he breathed his life into us. And, and, man, like, and so we should be like, yes, God, thank you. Man, you did all this. What do you want me? Like, what did you create me for? But instead we're like, man, yes, I, yes, look at this. Now here's what I'm going to do. And we get out of sync with what his plans are for us. Where, where are the planners at in the room? Like, you're, when you go on vacation, you got to have a plan. That's okay. Thank God for you. That is not me. I'm a non-planner. Uh, I'm one of those guys like, hey, let's do this, and like, okay, great. How are we gonna get there? I don't know. What are we gonna do to get there? I don't know. It's gonna be fun. Like, it was just let's just go. Like, and some of you already go, oh dear Lord, like we cannot get along. Like, it would be. Uh, that's okay. I'm just. That's who I am. My wife likes to have a plan. I I like that she because, and I see the benefit of. Seeing, believe me, I see the benefit of having a plan, or else you end up on the side of the road out of gas because you didn't plan for it, right? Uh, but some of you are over planners and you know it. You're like, okay, we're leaving the house at 8.04. We're going to hit the Hardee's on the way out of town. Have the trash bags ready, the wipes ready for the kids. Kids, do not put your greasy hands on the back of the seat. And then at approximately an hour and a half after that, we're going to hit the first rest stop to use the bathroom. Like, you've got it, man. There's a Bucky's there. There's a whatever. We're going to hit that. We're going to experience Bucky's and... Get the t-shirt and get the little beaver nuggets. It's going to be great. And then we're going to go here. And then when we get there, we're going to unpack. And we're, everybody's going to rest for 30 minutes, just feet off the floor rest time. Because mom and dad have got to, right? And then we're going to, and you've got it. And then 807 to 938. You're the over It's Like, man, you're the ones that drive me nuts. Like, I did. Let's have a general outline of a day. I'm good with that. So it's good to plan. There's nothing wrong with planning what happens is when we try to out plan God with our life that's what happens we try to out plan. we think we know better well I mean we know what our checking account looks like so we know we, know we need it. we know what you know we see the person we think we want to be married to for the rest of our life we see like oh yeah that's the one for me oh God told me it's amazing how many people I've talked to that said well God told me they were the one but God didn't tell them that and so <laughs> you're now a creeper so you got to Listen, in youth and young adult ministry, we have a lot of those conversations. It's just like, uh, yeah, you are not thinking, never mind. Okay. We can't outplan God. Look at what James tells us in James chapter 4, powerful verse. He says, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we'll get this, we'll go to this city and that city. We'll spend a year there and we'll carry on in business and make money. Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Boy, there's some encouragement for you. Who do you think you are? You piece of vapor? Like, you little droplet. I feel like James is like calling us out here, like squishing your head, you know, kind of thing. What do you think you are? He's just kind of straightening out here. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will then we will live and do this or do that, if it's the Lord's will. He's not saying that your plan is wrong, but he's like, man, you guys are getting so caught up in going, we're going to go bump, 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 we're going to make this, we're going to do that, that's going to take care of this is going to be this, I got it all figured out, I got it all figured out, don't worry. I'll, I'll ask your opinion when I need it, God. I'll get your directions when I feel like maybe I missed something along the way. And that's how a lot of us live our life and our lives get derailed, a lot of us end off on a wrong exit that we didn't mean to, and all of a sudden you hear that recalculating, you know, on your GPS. I thank God for GPSs today, by the way. Let me just tell you, like, thank the Lord I'm not printing off maps anymore and trying to figure out and look and driving anyway. I love that it tells me, in 500 feet, turn right, you idiot. Like, it's just, you know, and when I still miss the turn, he's so she or he, whatever your voice is, mine's a she. is so nice to me, like... <laughs> You missed your turn, hit the next exit, let's go back 30 minutes. You know, I think they should make them now. Are you an idiot? Did I not give you a picture and tell you what were you thinking? Well, you wasn't thinking. War. You got distracted. You were probably texting and driving. Like, I, he should talk back to us. I'm just saying one day AI is going to get GPS to that place and we're going to throw them out the window. But anyway, I thank God for that. But we've got to understand and trust that the Holy Spirit is the greatest guidance, guidance counselor we can have in our life. He wants to lead you to things that you never would have thought of. He wants to do things in your life that you never could have imagined on your own. And if you'll just trust the steps that he has for you on the path that he's got you on in the current season that you're in, I, I'm telling you, man, it's amazing what's going to happen. So we've got to make sure that we don't outplay God, that we don't get so caught up trying to see three and four steps ahead. Let's focus on the step that we're on now, and then let's start looking at what's the next step. Where are you leading me next? What are you asking me to do next, Lord? And then let's go there. Sure, I'd love to be there, but to get from here to there, it's a series of steps, and I've got to start focusing on the path more than that plan that I have of what I think needs to happen for my life. So don't try to outplay God. And it takes me to trust in his path over your plan, point number two. Trusting his path over your plan. He said, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. He's got these incredible plans, and he's going to take us on this journey. And quite often the journey are these different processes that we have to go on. We're all concerned about progress, but God is concerned about a process. Because growth happens in the process. Like, we've got to learn some things. In order for us to handle what he's got for us down there, we need to grow in what he has for us right near. We need to overcome some things that he has us going through in the right now in order for us to handle what may be coming in the next place. New levels require new devils, some, or we'll have new devils, and we've got to be ready to fight those bigger uh, giants, if you will, but we can't fight the big one until we're ready to fight in the ones that we are faced with today. And he wants to walk us down this path, and he wants you to trust His path over your plan. And so it's what we call the Spirit-led life, where the Holy Spirit is in us. When you accepted Christ as your, not just Savior, but also Lord, when He became the Lord of your life, you surrender your rights to Him. Listen, in a day where we're all about our rights, can I tell you, as believers, we have no rights. My rights are to King Jesus. I surrender that to Him. He's the one who's got, because He's the one that I'm hoping to spend eternity with. I want to do things his way, not my way. And so we're part of a higher government, a kingdom outside of this world. And so look at what Galatians chapter 5 tells us in 16 through 21. A powerful passage. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Let's talk about desires of the flesh for just a moment. Those aren't necessarily always bad things. Again, you see something that's like, I'd love to be successful like that. That desire is not always bad. It's bad when it goes against what God has planned for you. The desires of the flesh become bad when it is a sinful act. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. They're the three things that Satan uses to take every believer out on a daily basis. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. We see stuff that we want, our flesh longs for something, that feeling of something. We know it's not right, but man, we go to, and so we feed that animal more, and that's the one that gets stronger because we feed the flesh more, and he wins out, and we want to know why life is so bad for us. So we quit feeding the spirit. Proud of life, man. We're always worried about how other people see us in this world we got to drive a certain car, we got to dress a certain way, we got to be in a certain tax bracket, we got to do something. Like we are, a lot of times we get so caught up in the pride of life and and Satan is just again, not that you're doing sinful things, but he's using all of that to distract you from the plan that God has for your life that would make such an incredible difference not only in your life but in this world that he's brought you to. And you can't make the difference that he wants you to make until you submit to his plan. Over your plans. Follow the path that he has you on, not the path that you want to create for yourself. So he goes, so we won't gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other. So that you're not to do whatever you want. Oh, Come on, one of those sermons, I really like doing what I want. I really like it when I wake up on a Saturday morning, I look at my calendar, there's nowhere for me to be, and I get to do what I want for that day, which usually means I'm gonna do whatever my wife wants us to do that day. Happy wife, happy life, amen? Okay. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. See, the acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness and orgies and the like. I warn you, those are all those fleshly desires that are pulling at us in different ways. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So you got to understand that when you're following your plans And you're trying to create your own path often it's not leading you into the kingdom of god sure it's where you want to go sure it's what you want to do but if it's not in accordance with god's plan and his word for you and what he's created you to do you may enjoy life here but that's going to be the last of that enjoyment here because when you step into eternity then you've got to face judgment And he's going to say, why did you do things this way when I tried over and over again to pull you here, to redirect you here? I rerouted you so many times. Why did you keep taking and doing things on your own? And now you're standing here like you know me or something? Depart from me, for I never knew you. You wouldn't give me the chance. That's what can happen if we get so caught up with our plans. When our plans wants to to take us to those things. The Spirit-led life, I'm telling you, would do things. I mean, it will take you places you never dreamed of. I, I, I can't believe, and I look back in my life. I'm 47 years old. I know I'm really young looking, right? Uh, thank you for that amen. Anybody, it was really more of a laugh, but I received it as an amen. Okay. I look back over my life, and I'm like, man, the places that I've been able to go to, none of that was on my bucket list. And I'm just like, how did I even get there? Because I trusted God with my path. Now, I can look back at some of the dumb moments in my life. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know who was driving the car then. (laughs) But there's so many things, man. This was never on my to-do list. Public speaking, uh uh-uh. It's crazy. People laugh at me with this story. I share it all the time because it's just one of those, you know, God... You all have lived something out. Your life is really a testimony to the kingdom of God and what he's doing in your life if you'll allow him to use your life for that. Here's just a funny a snippet of, of my life. I, I mentioned earlier, fired EMS, that was never on my radar. I had a friend talk me into taking a free ENT class and I'm like, okay, why not? I'd already dropped out of college. Why would I drop out of college? I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. When I was in college, I would love band. I went on a music scholarship, played saxophone, loved doing that. That was fun. Okay, I'll be a band director. Well, in band director, I mean, to do that, you had to take these uh, classes called music theory. Ugh. I had to learn Gregorian chants. Who cares about that? I don't even know who Gregoria is. But anyway, why am I going to cheer him on? So I'm like, I'm dropping out of that. They're like, okay, well, then I'll, I'll do something with, like, law enforcement. That sounds cool or whatever. Well, to do either of those, you got to take speech, right? I'm like, uh, I don't do public speaking. No, thank you. I'm sitting in my speech class. This is college. Now they make you do it in high school. Good for you, kids. Do this. Anyway, in college, I'm like, I'm looking around the room, and they're like, at the end of this quarter, you're going to have to get up and give a speech, three to five minutes. of Topic of your choice, and we're going to use this com- this quarter to teach you how to do a speech so you know all the proper elements to do it. And I'm looking through the syllabus, and what I'm going to have to do, I'm looking around the room, I'm going to have to give a speech from these guys. I don't know them. They don't know me. Uh-uh, not going to happen. Class ends, I get up, take my syllabus, drop it in the trash, and I go to the, uh, the ad drop building and I go, hey, I need to change this class. This is, mm mm. And so he's like, okay, well, what do you want to do? I'm like, I really don't want to do anything. Like, no, you got to have the number of hours because your scholarship, or you're going to have to pick up the bill for your books. And I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, and he's like, hey, no problem. Like, it can be something fun if you want. Like, I'm loving this guy. What do you, like, golf? Yes, I love, okay, let's try golf. Is that open? He goes, oh, man, my bad. Golf is full uh we try something else though he goes dude I'm gonna be honest with you he goes the only course I have open right now is country line dancing I go I went down to the Grundy County auction and I'm like I'm sold like that's it I'll do it why not I literally dropped speech because I didn't want to do public speaking I took country line dancing only going to a college in Alabama do you get to do that roll tide I used to learn how to slap leather. I could boot suit boogie, neon moon. I've forgotten most of it now. I kind of wish I still remembered it, but it was a lot of fun. Met a lot of fun people that way. But I was just like, whatever. I'm not doing speech is all I knew. I ended up dropping out of college the next quarter because I called my mom and said, I'm wasting my time and your money. Can I come home? So I go home, get talked into taking this crazy ENT course, and I fall in love with it. This is fun. Light, siren, action. Like I was like all in, I, was, I worked the first wreck I ever worked. I'm standing waist deep in water. We're at a wreck scene, It's a horrible wreck. Hate it for that guy. And, and, and so like we're cutting the roof off. There's guys on top of the thing with, the, you know, a helicopters landing in the field next to us to pick him up. And the captain I'm working with, he hands me his leg and then he hands me his foot. And it says, hold them together. And I'm standing in water, holding a leg, holding a foot. I'm going, this is awesome. Like, I was like, I'm all in from this moment forward. This is what God created me to do. And I fell in love with it. And because I fell in love with it, over time, I started wanting want to teach other people how to do what I want. God has a sense of humor. He had to reroute me through some things that were never on my plan. But I just started trusting every step of, hey, I don't know. Let's try this step and see if it's what it is. See, the Bible just tells us this, that whatever you do, if you do it unto the Lord, that's going to give you honor. Whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. And I began to trust every step of that process. And he rerouted me into a place that I never had on my to-do list. It was never on my long-term plan to become a paramedic and an EMS training officer. And I started having to sign off on ER doctors for their ACLS certification. I'm like, God complex. But anyway, that's another. I had to repent from that. I learned, how, and I wanted to teach others how to do this. And so now all of a sudden, I'm having to do public speaking every day to learn how to get all the instructor certifications. And God's up there going, got you. <laughs> Just trust me. So you have to trust the spirit-led life that he's got for you, this, this plan, and to quit. And, and so here's the deal. At the, end of, at the end of the day, here's what you have to learn. Point number three, you have to learn to pray, not my will, but thy will be done. If you're gonna be, if you're gonna have the spirit-led life, if you're to you've got to pray a will. I mean, a prayer that says not my will, it's sacrifice. It's, it's me taking up my cross. It's me denying my flesh. It's me saying, Craig, it's not about you, but it's about the one who made me and created me to go and do what he's called you to do. Some of you are probably sitting in a job today that you're miserable at, but you've got a passion that God has dropped in your heart, and you're living by fear, and you're trying to control your own destiny because it's what's safe, it's what mom and dad think is best for you. Mom and dad don't hate me, but I'm just saying. But this is where they are. And and you're you're living in fear, and you're not in God's plan, and you're not doing the things that he's called you to do because you're trying to trust God your plan or your parents plan or what everybody else thinks is what you should do instead of saying God what do you want me to do not my will not even my mom and dad's will and I'm not here to teach disobedience please understand this if it's God's will it lines with God's word and mom and dad we have to learn to trust God's word over our own advice amen Amen. three of you amen okay (laughs) it's okay I get it it's tough I've got, again, 21, a 20, and a 12-year-old. It's, it's, I'm, I'm living this out with you. But look at what Proverbs tells us in two different places. This is powerful. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9 says that in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. We can plan our course all day long, but it's the Lord. Who, and so it's funny, even when I didn't have a plan, God did. And as I gave every step over to him, it's amazing how he routed me through things. So now I've done things that I never would have thought Paul, I've preached the gospel in countries I never would have thought I would even go to, much less get to preach in. It's amazing how when you trust God's path, his plan for you over your plan. Trust his path over your plan, what he does for you. Proverbs chapter 3, 5, and 6. This is a a verse that some of you probably have in your uh, magnet on your refrigerator. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not, this is a tough one, though. We know the words, but we don't like the words. And lean not on your own understanding, because we like to understand everything. But God, it just doesn't make sense. That don't make sense. I don't, I don't understand why, God. Why would you do that for me, God? Why would you, why did that happen in my life? That doesn't make sense. Why did you allow me to meet this person, fall in love with this person, start an incredible life with this person, and now you've taken them from me? I don't understand. That's Okay. It's not a sin to feel that way. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us that on this side of eternity, we'll only see things as dimly lit as rose glasses. We're not going to fully know here like we'll fully know there. There'll be a day when our last breath on earth will be our first breath in eternity. And when he welcomes those of us that are followers of Christ, that have uh, surrendered to his plan for our life, he's going to say, well done, good and faithful. We're going to enter into the kingdom and we're going to all know as he knows. And it's all going to make sense. And we're going to go like, I was such an idiot. I didn't like it. It certainly wasn't comfortable. Matter of fact, it was even painful. Paul knows that. Go read 2 Corinthians on your own and look at what Paul said. I I was despairing even my own life. But nevertheless, it wasn't Paul's plan. He knew God had a plan for him. And as long as God gave him breath, there must be purpose for his life. And he was going to continue to preach the gospel no matter how many times he got beat down, he got thrown in prison, anything like that. So down here, it won't always make sense. We have to trust the creator, the sovereign one, with what we're going through down here. Because he says, lean not on your own understanding but in everything, in all your ways. Listen, this is a commandment now. He's telling you this. Lean not on your own, but in all your ways, submit to Him. Not to me. He didn't say submit to your plan. He didn't say submit to whatever these people say you do. He says submit to Him. And He will make your path straight. The path of obedience, I promise you, will lead you to blessings that your plan never could. path of obedience is hard at times, but I promise you it will lead you to blessings that your plan, as good as things may look by your plan, in your mind, we all have great imaginations. As good as those things look, I promise you, whew, the path of obedience, man, every step of obedience will lead you to a blessing that you would one day look back and go, pfft. Man, he was so good in that season. I mean, I just, I didn't see it then, but oh, I'm now handling things. See, if if you go back to that passage in 2 Corinthians I was talking about, Paul explains how God is a God of comfort during our afflictions. And he says this, Paul says that he comforts you so that you can be a comfort to others. So, so some of you may go through some really rough stuff and have, more than likely, just by statistically looking at the number in this room. And you're thinking, why did I go through that? Well, you've gone through it, amen, we're not there anymore. If you are, keep going. He said, I'll lead you through the valley of the shadow of death, not lead you to. He's leading you through to teach you some lessons, to build you up, to strengthen you, to win some battles so that one day you can now be a comfort to someone else who thinks I'll never win this battle. And you'll be able to sit with them and go, no, look at me in the eye, let me tell you. Just like God saw me through this, he's gonna see you through this and I'm gonna walk this journey with you. I'm gonna be Jesus with skin on for you and through the power of the Holy Spirit working through both of us together from his word, we're gonna get through this. And he's calling some of you To use some of that pain from your past. Use some of the stuff that you've been through and the things that you've even learned in life along the way to come alongside and help somebody else to see the path that he has for them. God's got incredible, incredible plans that are far exceedingly above any plan that we could ever have for ourselves. Far above any plan that we could have for ourselves. Our plans may look good, In our physical and fleshly and worldly, earthly eyes. But in the spirit realm, he's up there going, you're not even close. You're not in the same universe of what I've got for you. Man, if you'll just let me reroute. If you'll trust my path over your plan, I promise you. I've got things for you that's going to blow your mind. So worship team comes back. Some of you today, maybe you're walking through some things today and you don't understand why in the world am I on this path that I'm on. Maybe it was a fleshly decision that got you there. I don't know. Maybe it is a path or a step that the Lord has led you to. That's painful. I mean, you look at the life of Job and you're like, that was part of God's path for him? Like, nope, I'm good. Listen, thank God Job's already done that to teach us today the lessons that we see taught there. Oldest book of the Bible answers one of the hardest questions and oldest question of time. Why do bad things happen to good people? And we see how God more than abundantly multiplied and gave back to Job because he remained faithful through that whole season. When his own wife was like, would you just curse God and die? It was a hard path, but the blessings from the obedience of that path, far outweighed anything he could have done on his own. I want you to stand with me, please. You guys can play something quiet behind us if you want us. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes just where you are for a moment. I want you to think about the life that you're living right now. I want you to think about maybe some of the decisions that you've made in your path or in your past that Man, you're just, maybe it caused you to question God. Things happened, didn't turn out the way that you thought. Or maybe you're, you're sitting in front of a fork in the road today. And you're trying to figure out, do I go right? Do I go left? Everybody's telling me to do this. Listen, church, we've got to start to surrender our life to the Lord in every decision of our life. Now I'm not saying, okay, God, what restaurant are you calling me to? Now, he may give you that for lunch. Because if you understand the Spirit-led life, He has divine appointments for you everywhere you go. Matter of fact, if you're obedient to Him, I mean, you could be standing in Walmart trying to figure out, do I want Charmin or do I want the Walmart brand of toilet paper? And yet there's a lady or somebody standing next to you and all of a sudden, because if you're open to what the Spirit is doing in your life, He may give you a word for that person. And that was a divine appointment in Walmart, next to the toilet paper, you never saw it coming. It wasn't on your plan for the day. You didn't have that on your little checklist. But when we surrender to Jesus and we're led by the Holy Spirit, those are things that happen far too often. I mean way more. And so I want you today to begin to say, Father, if I'm not living my life according to your plan for me, then today I want to repent first and foremost. Just begin right now things in your life maybe you realize was the wrong direction, just begin to ask for forgiveness. Asking to forgive you for trying to figure things out on your own, for for challenging and pushing back on him when you know that he was trying to get you to do something different, but you thought you knew better. Father, I repent of even in my life things that I felt like I knew better. I felt like I knew the answer. I felt like I understood better than you did what needed to be done. I repent of that. Because, God, I don't want to live my life according to my plans, as as good as they may seem or feel like in the flesh. God, I know you've got something even greater for me. So I submit to your ways, Father. I crucify my flesh. I die to myself and I pick up my cross today to follow after you and the path that you're laying before me. I want to trust in you. So forgive me, Jesus, for doing things on my own, for thinking I know better than you. Forgive me for that. And see, the cool thing is now with a, a fresh start, when we've repented of our sins, there's a fresh start now that we have with Jesus. He can now say, okay, I'm getting ready to help you take another step. But I want you to trust me, not your plan anymore. Listen to me. Every step won't always make sense. Some will be scarier than others. But I want you to trust me because I've got an incredible plan for you. Plans not to harm you, but plans to prosper you in this life so that you will make an impact for my kingdom. So that others will see a hope that you have that they're longing and looking for in this dark world. They'll see a light shining in you when you follow my path. Your light only gets brighter when you follow the plans that I have for you. When you begin to walk in obedience, you'll see things happen in your life that you'll look back one day and go, Man, I was only God that made that happen. So I need you to trust me. And if you're, if you're willing to, sometimes we stand with our hands lifted up as a form of surrender. If you feel comfortable doing that, just lift your hands and say, Father, I surrender my will to you. I'm praying that prayer just like Jesus had to pray in the garden. Not my will, but thy will be done. If there's a plan B, if there's a better way, or if I could, then, then so be it, but not my will, God, but thy will be done in my life because I want you to use me for the kingdom I want you to use me to be a comfort who need comfort today Jesus use me father to help pour into some young person's life that they've gotten that 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 same graduation card but they don't know what that means and they don't understand and they're still trying to figure out who God created them to be use us Lord to be a mentor to those to love on our young people Help them understand God's got incredible plans for them, that he's ready to use them today, not tomorrow, not some far off time, but he's ready to use the 8-year-old in your life. He's ready to use the 14-year-old in your life. He's ready to use the young adult in your life that doesn't seem to have anything together. If they'll just submit their life to Jesus, then he'll put them on a path and he'll use them no matter the age, to draw others to him, to point others to him. The purpose of the Holy Spirit in our life is to give us the boldness to be the witness, to help us reflect everything back to Jesus, to whatever we do, we do is unto the Lord. So, Father, help us this morning. Help us to surrender you. Help us to pray that prayer boldly, not our will, but thy will be done in our life. Give us divine appointments, God, in the days to come. God, let us see your hand at work in our life. Let it be the moments of comfort when we need them to just be a reminder that you're omnipotent, God, that you're all-powerful, that you're omnipresent, and you're there with us, knowing what needs to be done, and you're empowering us to do what needs to be done. God, this morning, I believe you're calling some into the ministry. They're sitting in a job. They're doing some things that's just because it's what they thought you just did. It was just something to make ends meet but they're not truly fulfilled i believe that today god you have you have gifted some people in this room and there's an an anointing on their life with a calling to fulfill a calling into the ministry be it missions be it kids pastor youth pastor worship pastor senior pastor what church planning mission whatever it may be god I believe you're stirring some hearts today, God. You're reminding them of when they were at that camp that one time or reminding them of that dream that you gave them that one time that showed them a glimpse of the plan that you had for them. Today, Father, let them begin to surrender to that dream. Let them begin to surrender and be obedient to the calling on their life. Father, for others that are just still trying to figure out some things in life, God, let them be quiet in their own minds and be still and listen as your word tells us to to be still and just know that I'm God. And you'll lead us. Father, they'll be led to your word. And as they study your word, they'll hear clearly the voice of the Lord speaking into their life, the direction that they're looking for. God, we thank you that we can come boldly into your throne room with every need this morning, with every request. Nothing is too hard for you. Nothing catches you off guard. The life that they're living right now, God, you said in your word that behold, all things can become new today. If they feel that they've blown it up to this moment, then today's a fresh start. For those that just repented, for those that maybe today need to surrender their life to you, Father, that they would surrender your life, their life to you today. And they'll say, Jesus, I'm tired of doing things on my own. I'm ready to give my life over to you. Come into my life and be Lord of my life. Be Lord of my life. Surrender to and there's no magic prayer that I can lead you to pray. The Bible just says this that if you call on the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, if you believe that the atoning work that He did on that cross was for you, and that He didn't just die and stay in the grave, but three days later, He walked out of that grave. He overcame death, hell, and the grave. He's got a new life for you. We surrender that to you today. We surrender our lives to you today. If that's you, make sure you connect with one of our elders today and one of our church leaders. Write it on a connection card out there that today I made a decision. And the next weekend you want to be baptized and symbolize the old life going down and the resurrection of the new life in Christ. God's got an incredible plan for you. Father, we surrender to your plan. We surrender to your plan today. We surrender to your plan. Not my will, but thy will be done. Forgive me from trying to outplan you. And I want to live a spirit led, obedient life. In Jesus' name.